0: Section 9 of G. K. Chesterton's Newspaper Columns, The New Witness, 1919-1920. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. G. K. Chesterton's Newspaper Columns, The New Witness, 1919-1920, by G. K. Chesterton at the sign of the world's end the religion of the reindeer if i take a convenient text from the attractive opening pages of mr wells's world history it will not be mistaken i hope for an unjust generalization from the first chapters in absence of the last indeed the only generalization i might venture to make is that these interesting chapters ought to be the last chapters not the first every word of them should be published and every word of them should be read but in a sense i should find them more convincing as a fascinating appendix than as a formal preface if i could imagine myself capable of writing so learned and many-sided a work at all i think i should have put planets and protoplasm and primitive men into the story of the nineteenth century whether or no these things or some of them were the great events of the ice age or the stone age they were certainly the great events of our own age or of the age of our aunts and uncles in short i should introduce darwinism with darwin as i should introduce calvinism with calvin elements of predestination elements of evolution are indeed as old as the world but it was these definite departures alone that made them the first principle and foundation of the world thus the geological eons of the agnostics could be treated like the livelier eons of the gnostics that is they could be treated as the hypotheses of a highly interesting set of men mr wells might well have waited till he was past the french revolution and the first industrial movements and then told us of that group of very great men whose scientific labors were the glory of the victorian age and who advanced like calvin and the gnostics one very striking theory of the genesis of things then we could have had all the mammoths and the megaliths just the same then we could have wallowed in the primeval slime with all the pleasure i have just felt in reading his first pages but the missing link could go with the devil and the demiurge and other religious figures in perfect religious equality let it be noted that i say that the missing link can go with the devil and not what a more hasty reader might happen to think i said mr wells might well conclude that chapter but that modesty would probably prevent him by saying that none was greater in that great scientific century than one whom it produced before its close a prose poet of science whose fictions were so imaginatively true that they might as well be as immortal as fairy tales when all their facts had been shown to be falsehoods but as it happens I am only taking an accidental example of something of which Mr. Wells can by no means be exhibited as an awful example. On the contrary, he is in this, as in many things, refreshingly free from the extreme faults of his school. I mean that deadly denial of the brotherhood of men, which has made many materialists exult indecently in the alleged filth and degradation and deformity of the first men of the earth for it is at least as necessary to have a sense of human equality about the prehistoric as about the proletarian i believe that this was simply one of the bad habits of black industrialism and that its motive was brutally reactionary men were taught so much about slow evolution that they might be patient with equally slow progress they were told that their fathers were covered with hair that they might be the less surprised at being covered with rags and they were assured that primitive man always ate his grandmother to reconcile them to the experience of not having much else to eat mr wells's first chapters are an agreeable and honourable change from the tone of the first anthropologists about the first anthropoids they had to blacken the past very much to make it blacker than the present he throws upon the past something of that quickening sunlight of imagination that he often throws upon the future when he says that a primitive man was too intelligent and too like ourselves not to have a language we can feel the change from the cheap science that made him so stupid and so unlike ourselves as hardly to have a head on his shoulders if therefore i find something to criticize in his version of primitive evolution i'm taking the thing at its best and not its worst and i think that even in this its finest form there is something to criticize it seems to me that the guesses about the prehistoric make it out much too historic i mean that even when they have imagination and sympathy instead of dullness and disgust they still have not enough data for instance it is part of mr wells's purpose to show that religion was as he expresses it a growth indeed religion was as he explains it a growth from quite scattered and separate seeds like trees with different roots entangled at the top a bewilderment about dreams a fear of the tribal chief here familiarly called the old man an accidental discovery of grain a doubt whether the dead were really dead these separate and intrinsically secular things came together and somehow formed the spiritual thing we know i may remark here that this explanation strikes me as very unconvincing as a matter of mere psychology that motley material accidents should make up an ultimately indivisible idea seems much less likely than the old story that a mystical tradition lingered long after some mystical event i might be surprised to learn that our distant descendants will develop some entirely new emotion inconceivable to us but so urgent to them that they will break their hearts as for a love affair or fall fighting as for a flag but i should not only be surprised but somewhat sceptical if i were told that this simple enthusiasm will be developed by combining commonplace and utterly different things of our own day that it will be a mixture of the hurry to catch a train the pleasure of smoking a good cigar the difficulty of learning the foxtrot and the difference between butter and margarine i do not see why these things should combine into one emotion and i do not think they will nor do i think it of the primitive material accidents if they were only material accidents surely it is much more consonant to common sense to suppose that there was already a mystical sentiment and that in the light of that dreams seemed marvellous and the dead immortal and the deeds of men weighted with doom but the point that took my attention was this that in connection with this general idea of the slow growth of religion mr wells suggests that the primitive men for whose spirited drawings of reindeers and other animals he expresses a refreshing regard do not seem to have had any particular religious feelings this is what i mean by the best anthropology being curiously dogmatic with curiously inadequate data it is apparently based upon nothing better than the impression that the figure of the reindeer is frankly and fearlessly drawn and that there is none among these figures than can be identified as a religious symbol i can hardly imagine fainter evidence or a thinner thread of argument than this which reconstructs the very inmost moods of the prehistoric mind from the fact that somebody who has left a few drawings on a rock from what motive we do not know for what purpose we do not know acting under what customs and conventions we do not know happened to find it easier to draw a reindeer than to draw his own dream of spiritual perfection he might have drawn a reindeer because it was his religious symbol even more probably he might have drawn it because it was not his religious symbol he might have drawn everything except his religious symbol in any case it is an amazing leap of logic to deduce that he had no religious symbol and another to deduce even from the fact that he had no religious symbol the idea that he had no religion there really is not evidence enough for any of these remote reconstructions even the most ignorant of us have the right to say so when the reconstructionists actually give us the evidence that convinces them and it fails signally to convince us so far as the free draughtsmanship of the reindeer man suggests anything it would rather suggest the opposite not directly but indirectly because a man intelligent enough to be an artist might well be intelligent enough to be a philosopher. Some slight interest in transcendental truth did not wholly enfeeble the fearless draughtsmanship of Michelangelo or of Blake. End of section nine.